What is up, everybody? Happy freaking Monday. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Mountain Primal Meat Company. Mountain Primal is a beautiful ranch out in Colorado that raises 100% organic Highland cattle. Uh, they're about as American as you can get, both the company and the people. Their cuts are phenomenal, and the chorizo is, uh, is to die for. Uh, their fuel sticks, though, definitely my favorite. Uh, whether I'm on the hills hiking, headed to the gym, uh, getting into whatever trouble I am uh, for that day, uh, be sure to check them out at mountainprimal.com and uh, use code VANGUARD for 15% off. Before we jump into today's awesome episode, uh, have you taken a minute to follow and review the show? Did you know that helps me grow the show? Did you know that it makes me feel good? No? Well, now you do. So please, if you don't mind, take a second to uh, like and review, then uh, share with your buddies. Uh, but getting into today's episode, we've got a dude who does a, a bit of it all. And uh, we've barely talked about any of it because we ran out of time. But Mr. Roger did a lot of crazy cool stuff. Uh, law enforcement, hunting, archery, rifles, cue a semi-bromance, and uh, let's roll it. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. For those of you new to the show, this this show, wow, I'm having a hard time with words. Dude, welcome, right. welcome to the Vanguard Project. <laughs> this project focuses on telling people stories. The hope is that when we talk about stories and share people's uh, kind of life experiences, uh, we can hope, hopefully relate to you guys in a way that gets you excited to uh, maybe try something new, uh, learn about something new, maybe get after something you've never done before, or maybe uh, maybe restart something you previously enjoyed. Uh, with that being said, you know, I'm just a dude. I love talking to people. And uh, with me today is uh, Mr. Roger Holscher. We're sitting in the living room. It's uh, it's late in the evening. On one or given the time of recording, he's crushing his so uh, his soda. No, it's a it's an energy drink. I've got some some. I feel like this is heavily caffeinated coffee. We had the dogs go out and fight the neighbors' dogs again, oh, yeah. fucking bastards. And so here we are. We're chilling out. We're drinking some caffeine. So, Mr. Roger, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm good. I'm good. good. I'm tired. It, it's been yeah. a Monday. Yeah. But uh, so. With these so or with these stories, with these podcasts, the way that we typically run it is uh, we sit down and we, we kind of just shoot the shit, get to know you a little bit. So you know, I know you and I've talked on the gram. This is actually the first time we've talked, That's but true, I feel like yeah. I feel like we we've chat quite a bit before yeah. through Instagram. You work with Eric at the police department, and you know you do a lot of things that. I also enjoy, but you're a lot better at them, I feel like, than eh, I am. I don't know if I'd say that. I've been doing them for a little bit longer. <laughs> That's or At fair. least some of them. Yeah. Yes, you've been probably doing the long-range stuff longer than I have, but the archery stuff, I got you by... You've got me a lot. By 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but let's let's start, man. So who... Let's let's start with just who who are you? Why, why, why should we listen to man. what you have to say tonight? I don't know. I... I would say I have a lot of wisdom that comes from a lot of mistakes. Okay. Definitely made a lot of mistakes in my life, but I've done a lot of things. Um, growing up on a cattle ranch in Northern California to playing college baseball to moving to SoCal and going to school and doing different odds and ends jobs, getting into law enforcement and then just kind of doing different things in law enforcement, different specialties and uh, making a lot of mistakes along the way. <laughs> and I'm still learning, still growing, still making mistakes, but... Hopefully, uh, some cool stories behind some of them. But yeah, yeah. So you grew up on a cattle ranch. Yeah. How was that? Oh man, it was nice. I wouldn't trade that for the world. That was, that was a lot of fun. You know, you had a lot of responsibility as a young age. You know, a lot of kids 
especially, you know, in the inner cities, like, oh, man, I got it rough. I'm like, man, you don't got it rough. <laughs> At the age of, like, eight, you know, I was waking up in the morning before school, having to go out and feed cows and stuff, and then still go to school in the morning. So, you know, different responsibilities like that, doing different things, um, I think that kind of helped me grow up early. and Made you a tough cookie. Yeah. Yeah, probably more mentally tough than physically tough. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Yeah. yeah. So was that, I guess, how did you want to get into law enforcement? I mean, going from cattle to... Yeah. Well, that, so that, that was a pretty big stretch because I was kind of set on going to veterinary school and doing the vet oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah the, the town vet, I, I grew up in a really small town, so you kind of knew everybody. Town vet was always over at our cattle ranch, and I just kind of took an interest in that. It was, you know, a big wildlife guy, really like animals so i was like man that's a great way to go you know and, and i was like oh, that's a lot of school <laughs> you gotta do a lot of school laziness prevails right man no. i wasn't big on schooling but no so for my senior year we had to do senior projects i don't know if they had to do them up here or not mm-hmm. you guys have to do something like that yeah it kind of depended on what school and yeah. what year you okay. graduated yeah. uh, not now for covid i guess probably not but yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we had to do a senior project, and my grandpa did upholstery on the side. So I was going to do, like, just upholstery stuff and, you know, something that was cool but really wasn't career-oriented. And then uh, I was playing summer ball for American Legion, and my coach was a sheriff's deputy up in that area for the local sheriff's department. And I really gave it any thought, and then he swung by practice one time. He was on duty, swung by in his patrol car, and... You know, he's like, hey, you want to come look at it? And so I was just looking around, man, all the guns and all the gear and all that stuff. I was like, man, this is pretty cool. You know, he's talking to me about it. He's like, hey, come do a ride-along. So I did a ride-along, and I was like, oh, man, I'm changing my, <laughs> you know, changing everything. So I stopped doing the upholstery stuff for my senior project and got into the Explorer Scouts, and we had to do a research paper and stuff, too. So I made it all law enforcement-oriented, and kind of from there it was just – driven towards law enforcement from that what was it about law enforcement was it really just the gear and stuff or was it like just being outside with people or yeah it's you know it's kind of everybody says this the you know i wanted to protect people and i always was kind of that way in high school um you know we poke some fun at some people but in the mostly we're joking around with some friends but you know i was always kind of a defender for people and i was kind of like that side of things um, the the warrior mentality that comes with law enforcement, military. Wanted to get into the military, but that was uh, kind of axed by the parents because I was under 18. So kind of went different route and played college baseball instead. Sure. Still regret not going in the military, but um, you know I, I'd I'd be lying if I said that uh, the adrenaline rushes weren't you know very attractive. That kind of uh, yeah, I heard that, that again. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is. I wonder if you could hear it in the recording. I don't know. There's a loud pitch, like somebody's blowing it's a, a second dog whistle. Time. Right? Yeah. yeah okay. Like yeah, but so I was, you know, the adrenaline rush was pretty cool. Doing the Explorer Scout stuff, you know, guy, you know, we're we're headed to these calls for service, and it's a rural sheriff's department. So there's like two, three cops on for a huge area. So your backup's a long ways away, and we were going to this domestic, and you know, they had. Uh, many thirties in the car <laughs> so, and I'm in, I'm in legit uniform. I just don't have a gun belt or anything on. And, you know, the guys telling me as we're going into this domestic and, you know, it's got all this stuff like, Oh, guy's supposed to have guns and all this. And 
He's like, hey, if you hear any shooting, press this button. The rifle comes out, and, you know, come help. And I was like, oh, man, you know, we're rolling. You're like, fuck yeah, get Yo, on. dude, bro. man, we're rolling code there. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome, you know. <laughs> so it, it kind of took a hook on me pretty early on that. But, yeah, that that is a lot of fun. But we now anymore, the, the job, it's it's you do so much stuff, especially up here. You deal with a lot more, I think normal people than my previous department sure and so um it's you get so many good chances to help people and make an impression on somebody's life and hopefully turn them around from you know being a the, shithead the bad path yeah. yeah yeah so uh you started then working or i guess you went to uh you went to school then so you ended up going playing college ball you said yeah did you go to study law or were you going for something else yeah i pretty much well all through college was into the the law enforcement side of the classes um I have five associate's degrees and Holy a bachelor's. Shit, so it sounds like a lot, right? It sounds yeah. like I'm oh man, I spent a lot of time <laughs> in college and but You indecisive bastard, so, you. I mean, I, I had a good guidance counselor, good, I guess, whatever you call him, the person in school that tells mm-hmm. you which classes to take. And so the I went to Sierra College just outside of Rockland or uh, Sacramento in Rockland, California and well, I went to Sacramento City College for a year, redshirted, and then went to Sierra. And at Sierra, they have three different, I guess, law enforcement majors. They had courts, corrections, and law enforcement. Okay. Well, if you took the right classes, you, you qualify all for all of them. <laughs> so just I took the, <laughs> That's the awesome. right classes, yeah. right, and got all three of those. And then that also came with a liberal arts degree, which is your standard AA and then through the academy, I had to self-sponsor myself through the academy. It was through Butte College, um, just outside of Chico, and went through the Fish and Game Academy there. And we had to take so many classes. It was uh, a 30-week academy. Oh, wow. Yeah. And people complain about, you know, 16 weeks up here, you know, 30 <laughs> weeks was pretty tough. Um, and so that qualified me for another law enforcement degree because of all the other classes I had. So wow. I got a... a emphasis that one was an emphasis on like wildlife or something because of the fishing game side of things sure. and then uh yeah, bachelor's degree in criminal justice but dang yeah so that's like the long way to do it it's it sounds like how long did that yeah. take i guess well so i i graduated with my bachelor's and those four associates pretty quickly i think i was i graduated in december of 09 so okay. and i graduated high school in 05 so oh so right on yeah the, the four-year kind of thing but uh yeah, it was. It's pretty bad to say this, but I didn't buy any books. And uh, my four-year college. That's <laughs> kind of the nice thing about the law enforcement degree is it's everything is really repetitive. Yeah, and it's all it's and, all, and all public those, knowledge. Right, and it's all it's 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 all you know. It's just one class is a little bit more in depth in a certain subject than the next class, and so sure. a lot of times, and most of these colleges, you know, you you go to class and you pay attention in class mm-hmm. and you're going to pass, you know, I mean, that's, they give either PowerPoint or their lectures or from the, the point of school. And yeah. it, right. And I just, it's kind of a rip off when you buy a $250 book and then you sell it back for 15 bucks <laughs> and they go resell it. I'm like, how does this, you know, or they make you buy the next version, which two pages are different than the last version. And it's like, no, so yeah. it seemed like a rip off to me. So then did you start in law enforcement right after you graduated or were you kind of oh, like man. wishy-washy? Yeah, that was pretty tough. So that was right around to the 2008-2009 area uh, where yep. there was, you know, the economy tanked and things weren't going good. So nobody was really hiring at the time. Okay. 
they were or they were they were just hiring less numbers and so they're being really selective fair um i tried to get in with the california highway patrol that was a two-year process yeah and that was that was rough because you know you just don't know what's the next step and you know you know it's kind of going and it's just taking forever so in the meantime i was applying for other agencies and working worked at bass pro shops which is pretty cool nice down in southern california Made yeah. made money, but lost it all every single paycheck. Put it on my tab, you know. <laughs> Put it right towards my tab, yeah. So that, yeah, I worked there. I worked uh, as a bouncer at a bar, and then uh, for an armored transport company. Um, <laughs> nice. I think they've sold out since then to I think Lincoln, but it was called Pendum USA. To ATMs, filling ATMs, money in and out of banks, all stuff in California. Like that. Yeah, Ooh, fun in Dodgy. Southern California too. Oh, so fuck, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the bank robbery capital of the world. Is it really? California. Yeah, that uh, L.A. Basin, Inland Empire, you know, over to Riverside. And and I saw that firsthand. I watched my partner get shot yeah. a few months into that gig. Um, he's a paraplegic now, but it happened right in front of me as I was the driver of the armored car, and we got robbed. But, yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty sketchy. Fuck, sorry, and then that man. same year, dude, that the movie The Town came out. Have you seen that one? So yeah. I'm like, oh, great, man. It's, they're it's just a good showing movie, people. but yeah. not worth in the context of this Yeah, I'm like, holy cow, man. Like, they're showing people how to rob these things. And it was yeah. a sketchy deal. You know, you were going out by yourself. You know, we were, we were filling ATMs, 7-Elevens. Uh, they don't have 7-Elevens up here, but yeah. you know where 7-Eleven mm-hmm. is, right? Oh, yeah. It's like so, a Maverick or Chevron or yeah, whatever. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Gas Convenience station. store, gas station thing. But, yeah, they we were taking quarter mil into those ATMs in L.A. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's just you, and you got to take apart the ATM and then fill it so your back's turned. And, man, you're just always, like, sketched you know, the, out. The eight, ten minutes it takes you to do that, man, you're just, your adrenaline's going through the roof because you're just, like, when's this guy gonna pop around the corner with a gun you know so yeah. it was that was a sketchy gig and i did that for i don't know 10 months or so before the academy started so what did you i guess i feel like there's a lot of things you could have learned during that time yeah what were maybe like the two or three like key things that have i guess that you've carried until now so just the vigilant side of things i mean you always had to stay like situationally aware um even as a driver of the armor cars like mm-hmm. you're in this bulletproof you know, car, but you're still having to just through parking lots, you know, you're noticing things, you're looking for sketchy vehicles, people sitting there watching you, you know, you're just kind of probably over vigilant sometimes, but yeah, just that observant portion of things. Yeah. And was that something you had to learn on the job or did you have trainings and stuff that no, that was pretty much a out of the pot into the fire kind of a, there was very little training on that kind of a thing. You know, you had to get your guard card and firearms permit to carry a gun Mm -hmm. uh, which is so that's another thing so for california you have to have all that and you have to have it present with you you have to display it around your neck like before you can carry which and it's carry exposed up here in idaho you don't doesn't right yeah don't matter so it's a like a three-month process to apply and get approved and all the background checks and stuff and so i had a applied done all everything but they you could still be a driver without a gun okay right so when my partner got shot and because you have to have those those items those certificates the or whatever credentials, yeah, yeah credentials on you and your person i had that friday so that happened on a monday the shooting happened on monday the friday before that you can go on their website bsis i think is what it's called and see if you're approved or not and i was approved but I didn't have the permits yet. 
Monday comes around, my partner gets shot. I'm unarmed, but I'm approved to carry. Probably wouldn't have stopped him, but I probably at least would have been able to return fire. Sure. But, you know, so it's like, man, that sucks. And that day, an hour before that, we were getting uh, money from the vault. And we're sitting there, and I got a phone call from my CHP background investigator. And she's like, hey, tomorrow can you come and do your psyche eval in L.A.? Yeah. I was like, oh, man, tomorrow might be tough to get the day off. So made it for Wednesday. An hour later, I watched my partner get shot and then get interviewed by the FBI for four hours. Yeah, you know, I'm like, dude, I'm not in a good spot. Well, I didn't tell anybody. Sure. You know, and then uh, two days later, I have to go talk to a psych in, in L.A., and he was pissed that I didn't tell him about that off the bat. Yeah. Kind of waited towards the end. He's like, hey, uh, is there anything else you want to tell me? Well, yeah, two days ago, I watched my partner get shot in a bank robbery. And I was like, what the hell? How come you didn't tell me that before? So yeah. I was writing a bunch of stuff down. Well, I felt psych. I don't know if it was because of that or not, but I'm sure <laughs> that probably had something to do with yeah. it. But, yeah. Know. So that's a pretty shitty thing to have to experience. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like your average person goes through something like that. And this might get personal, so yeah. feel free and deflect yeah, sure. and we'll move on. But, like, how were you able to work through that? Because I feel like... Having only been in the job for a short period of time, mm-hmm. I feel like your average individual would have been like, I'm fucking out. I'm done. Yeah. But we're 10 years later, 12 years later. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, I didn't take any days off. They offered me days off, and I came back the next day and worked, which was stupid. Absolutely stupid, you know, I guess. But, um, you know, figuring on getting into law enforcement, I was like, hey, man, I'm going to see some shit that I'm going to have to still come to work the next day and, you know, deal with. And that uh, that was tough doing that same route, going to the same bank. Yeah. You know that my partner was just shot the day before, and it definitely had I don't know if you want to call it PTSD, but it was the you know when we were going, man, my heart rate, especially when we got to that bank, you know, just going through spiked everything in my mind again. again. Yeah, my heart rate spiked, and man, it was you know sitting there like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have came to work today. Yeah. You know that was so that was tough. Um, yeah, it subsided you know after a little while kind of going through it i don't know if it subsided quicker because i did go back to work and then i was able to get the willies out right away kind of a thing sure or, you know i don't know what it was but did yeah, you have to talk to anybody about it or do you kind of just are you one yeah, of those guys they, that likes to handle it and move forward no and i you know i had a lot of buddies in law enforcement that i'd called and talked to them about because um you know at that time i had no military i had no law enforcement i mean that was the or shit I've ever seen at sure. that point, you know, and so it was, uh, yeah, I talked to a couple of those guys, like, you know, and you always have that what if in your mind, like, shit, could I have done something sooner? Because we have alarms that we could have flipped in there, but so these guys, um, there was a drive-up ATM, I guess, just south of where we were at, um, so I had a car parked, the armor car parked in the front, and there was a... Uh, drive up ATM so people were coming and going so you know didn't really notice any vehicles well one of them as they were going through that peeled off and it was a Chevy Astro van as soon as they peeled off two dudes jumped out full masks you know everything one guy had a gun like I had a can of pepper spray my partner was getting into the to the bus or whatever and I had to hit a button to unlock it to, and then he had to put a key in sure so there's like a dual Double thing. lock, yeah. yeah. So even if somebody took over him, you know, they couldn't just get into the car. Sure. But 
as I'm doing that, I could see in the rearview mirror, that's where I'm looking, and they come around the corner, and, uh, you know, they tell him, to, hey, give us the money, and it startled him. He reached, kind of flinched towards his gun, dude pepper sprayed him, and the other guy shot him. Nice. Uh, he wasn't wearing a, a bulletproof vest. Yeah. Granted, this is, uh, I think it was April 4th, I think, April 4th or 5th, 2010. So right before tax time, and I've been talking to him like, man, why don't you wear a vest? And he'd been doing the job for a while, you know, and he was like, well, I, you know, I plan on getting one with my tax return. Yeah. You know, just a few weeks too late, you know, but one, one of the bullet clipped his spine and yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, that was that. And then, you know, then sometimes you don't even think about it now, but then you get into law enforcement, you see a lot of stuff that's like, oh man, that wasn't. That was nothing, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but you had buddies that help you get through, yeah, yeah, that's talking good. about it to to the buddies, and I think that's that's what helped me a lot is talking about it, you know, not holding it in, not trying to be a man and you know handle it myself, you know, I could just keep it in and out myself, yeah, you know, talking to people because you know everybody, no matter what you do, especially in a critical incident like that, you're gonna second guess yourself on sure. that if I would have done this, would he still you know be walking now would he you know what if what if what if you know and you a lot of the guys that have been through something trauma like that you know whether deployments or law enforcement or whatever you know they're going to tell you like man you can't what if that you know it is what it is you did everything you could you know kind of a thing talk you through it and yeah and get you on your way but yeah you know. but you stuck with it yeah and uh you did you you didn't make it through the chp but you moved. yeah that was rough that so yeah, that was two years, man. It took me two years <laughs> yeah, to get to that, that point, me off. right? Yeah. I'm like, man, I don't know if I'd have the fucking patience for that. Yeah, I was I was pretty pissed. You know, that's a that's a hard blow when when somebody's like, you know, gives you that disqualification paper that's like, oh, yeah. you're not. Uh, what was the reason? And it's a very generic, right letter that they give you. And yeah, thanks like, for uh, applying, but uh, you're not yeah, cute enough. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Forget what it said. So I've been I was disqualified twice. Yeah for Sykes before I got hired as a law enforcement officer, which is, you know, it's kind of weird to say that, but, you know, one of them you was... You look crazy. Uh, yeah, right. You got the crazy eyes going on? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. You know, you tell, they, I think CHP is one. So it's all through the state personnel board because the other one was a fishing game one, which is also through the state personnel board. But it's, uh, I think that one said uh, a history of poor judgment for the position <laughs> sought. And I was like, what? Yeah. I passed my background, like, What's what judgment? What are you talking about? Yeah. And, but they won't you don't tell know you. me, right? You can't like call somebody and be like, "Hey, so can you elaborate on that some yeah. more?" Like I figured, you know, man, if, that sucks. Yeah, because then you're you're sitting there like, I'm a oh, shitty shit. person, <laughs> right? No, and then you're like, I have history of poor judgment. And you're like, oh shit. Well, what? Yeah. What you passed me on my background? What is in you know my history of judgment? Do you not like? And they won't tell you. So you're sitting there like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to change because they won't tell you. Right. You know, so that was tough, and and it uh, I stuck around there for you know a couple more months, and then decided to self sponsor myself through the California Fish and Game and Academy. What does self sponsor mean? I've so heard it. Means, it don't know yeah. what it means. And I don't know if they do it much. Well, they might actually. Post might do it here in Idaho. I'd have to ask. Sure. I don't, yeah. I, you but, would be one of the guys. That I yeah, would right. Ask. So um, in California, there's other like some colleges like Butte College outside of Chico. They have um, self-sponsor academies, so they're 
people pay it's through college so you get college credits for it and everything but you do a law enforcement academy you're just not hired by anybody oh. so you have to pay for everything you have to buy your uniforms you have to pay for the Man, the units sucks. so it was i want to say it was 50 units holy and so you have to pay shit, that's a yeah, lot just, yeah, well so don't quote me on the units i can't remember what but well, it was a lot like yeah. you're you're paying thousands of dollars and you you can't work during this time because it's you know, sometimes it's a six days a week for 30 weeks, yeah. you know, so I took out student loans to put myself through that, to, You're you know, and you have dorm. to live, yeah. you know, close by. So I was living in Chico with, you know, my brother and a few other dudes from the academy. <laughs> we were all jammed into this little apartment, you know, sleeping on the floor in air mattresses because we were all trying to save some money. But, you know, you're not getting paid through all that. So you're taking a huge chance like, man, this might not work, you know in the hopes that once you have that certificate, that basic post certificate, you can go, Hey, I've been through the Academy. I passed. This is how I did it. And all these things, will you hire me? Yeah. And to an agency, um, that's appealing, right? Because you can go through this whole hiring process with somebody that's never been a cop or not gone through the Academy in the hopes that in the future, they're going to go to the Academy and pass. Well, if they don't pass the Academy, which there's quite a few people that don't, right? Then they just wasted all that time and money on that person, right? So if you already You're have like a somebody, freebie, basically, right? It's so much cheaper, <clears throat> yeah, because they've already done all that stuff. And you know, there was so the academy I went to it was half self-sponsored and then half were sponsored. So half of them were hired already by California Fish and Game, sure, or they changed their name now. It's Department of Fish and Wildlife, whatever. So there was half of them. They were getting paid. They already had jobs. They were game wardens. Well, not technically until they passed, but, you know, they were. And then there was a bunch of us that were paying to go through the same stuff that they were paying to go through. So we had to buy our own ammo. They were getting, you know, (laughs) ammo. You know, so, and you'd hear these guys bitch and complain about what they were getting paid. I'm like, hey, dude, (laughs) like I'm getting nothing. I'm paying all this stuff and going into debt and you're getting paid. Yeah. You're also getting per diem and you're getting take-home cards. Like, yeah, go go fuck fuck yourself. yourself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because it's, you know, it could be a lot worse. But there there was a couple guys that had GI bills that would pay for that kind of thing, which was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, so that that was, uh, and I don't forget where I was going with that. What was I thinking? Uh, but yeah, oh, it's, yeah, it's so much cheaper for a department to go, okay, all we have to do is do your, your basic hiring stuff, your interviews, your background, and, and then you're, you're in, you don't have to wait nine months sure. to, you know, and everything. So it's a, it's a big, big investment, a big risk. But, um, at the time, like I said, there wasn't hardly anybody hiring. It was hard to get a job anywhere unless you had that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I was testing with fish and game to be a game warden while I was going through the academy. So it was going to be kind of one of those, they're seeing what I'm doing They're They can do my background. They can do everything. They, you know, I can make this impression on them because it was, it was game wardens. It was chiefs, you know, lieutenants yeah. and stuff that were teaching our classes. So they all got to see what you were about and how you reacted. And, you know, so it was a good, you know, kind of a job interview, nine month job long interview, interview, right? Yeah. yeah. That's out. 30 weeks in the academy though. That's a long, that's a long time of doing, Really shitty things, but really fun things. Yeah. Because I remember when Erica went through the academy here, I was like, I want to do that. 
What, yeah, dude. What, what for yeah. you is like the the most fun? I mean, because I know you're you're a big pistol and rifle guy. Yeah. But I know the driving stuff also sounds like a fucking blast. Dude, so, and the fishing game side of things, it was cool. So we did everything that the regular post would do, plus seven weeks of fishing game stuff. Okay. Which was cool. You know, we did fishing game scenarios. We drove boats. Hmm. Like, they taught us how they, you know, basically the Evoc, you know, the driving yeah. stuff with boats. You know, jet oh, that's boats. Cool. Like, you know, you ever seen the videos where, you know, cars will back up at a high rate of speed and, and then flip J-turn. around and just keep on yeah, yeah. j-turn just keep on going they taught us how to do that with boats dude like <laughs> i you didn't know, know you to, could do dude, that how to beach boat. <laughs> boats and like yeah dude it's cool i and i'm not a boat guy i i don't like the water you know yeah. but it's like man that was pretty cool you know getting to drive all the different boats and how to board people's boats and you know it, it was pretty cool and so that was right when the uh my class was the first class before i guess they were airing that show wild justice as my class was going on so okay. if you've ever watched that show uh-huh. or not so it's basically it's they it's like cops but they follow around game wards and they do oh, all okay. this stuff oh, so it was, it, was, yeah. it was pretty cool to watch all that while i was going through the academy i, I immediately thought joe exotic for some reason yeah. i don't know why i mean i know it has nothing to do with it but that's yeah. totally where my mind that's went right where you went but, yeah, dude, it was, you know so it was cool you, you got to see that and then all those guys that were on that show were also your instructors yeah so it was pretty cool oh that's cool to, yeah to get to know a lot of those guys um but there's uh so we did necropsies too they they had a bunch of roadkill that they had <laughs> thrown big freezers just for this class right so we had like eight bears four mountain lions oh, pigs awesome. deer and everything and you had to basically dissect them and it's, and it still bugs me to this day but <laughs> there was uh a lot of guys that were sponsored that were hired already by the california fishing game as game wardens that had never hunted or fished before interesting and i'm like what that's not a that's not like a job requirement. like a prerequisite yeah, for you to like right? exist over here yeah, yeah and you know and i talked to a couple guys i was a um, squad sergeant there and i was talking to a few of the guys that were you know under my squad and I'm like so it's it's tough because you're a cop as a game warden like you're a cop first and then you know you do the wildlife stuff second um well some people disagree with that yeah. but um, there was a few of these guys that we talked to after scenarios and stuff, and they're like, oh, I don't know if I could shoot somebody, or I don't know if I could do that. I'm like, dude, you are like, you might have to do that one of these days. Why are you in this job? Oh, you know, well, I wanted to be a biologist, but they didn't have any of those openings. I figured this was the next best thing. I'm like, man, that's a that's bad a attitude to have. Yeah. For, you know, because you're not a biologist, right? You carry a gun and a badge that some shitbag out in the middle of the woods that's got a weapon you know, if yeah. you if you yeah, don't have that warrior way mindset, dude, yeah. you're good. You're gonna get, you know, you're gonna get fucking killed out there. And there's a lot of game wardens that get attacked, just because everybody they contact has got weapons, right? Yeah. Fishing, you got a knife on you. You're hunting, you got a gun and a knife on you. You know, you got all these weapons, and there's a disproportionate amount of shit bags that fish. Um, there's actually I forget the study, but a lot of parolees when they get released. You know, you'd think that the first thing that they want to do is, you know, go find a woman. No, the first thing they do is go fish. They, really? Yeah, that freedom, I guess. To, I ran into a lot of parolees that, that were out fishing. I never would but, have thought about that. Yeah, it was a weird stat. I forget where it's where they got. I don't know if they just were bullshitting us and told us that in the academy or not. But Yeah. Um, so, I'm going to have to look that just, up. I'm curious because, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I, that didn't make sense. But yeah. I guess I could I could understand the sense of freedom because like you know I've it's been like a year or two since I've gone fishing. But like I go fishing, I don't catch jack shit. Yeah. But like because I suck at it. But like I totally understand the sense of freedom. So I guess I can yeah see you, that. You know, you're just it's relaxing, right? It's yeah. Just kind of that be by yourself out in the woods because you don't get it right you're in a steel cage with concrete around you and to go out and you know i, I don't know what it is right? yeah so I, I don't know but yeah it'd be a fun stat to actually figure out if that was bullshit or yeah if they, anyways know. i totally didn't mean to derail you i never thought no no that. no yeah that's shoot but yeah so i i just didn't like that that they didn't have a whole lot of people that were hunters or fishermen and i still don't i think that's kind of one of those but anyway we had to do net crop season it was funny to you know, I had to teach people how to quarter something out and have, like, <laughs> got something, you know. And it's, like, all these guys that just they couldn't stand the smell and guys were puking. And back before you were required to wear a mask in some of these states like California, they were wearing the, <laughs> the respirators. Know, the, the, or, you know, just the, the stupid mask that they have to wear now, yeah. you know, the hospital mask or whatever. Oh, yeah, Just yeah, those yeah. things, you know, with Vicks on under their nose. <laughs> really? so they didn't that bad? Smell. Oh, yeah. They, some of them were. I have a yeah. terrible sense of smell. So Dry like. heaving and stuff. <laughs> I just chewed tobacco. So at the time, I was oh, like, yeah. you know, rub a little Copenhagen on your nose. You're fine. You know? <laughs> yeah, they, uh, that was pretty fun. But, man, yeah, we shot M1As or M1A1s and M14s Yeah, as were, were the patrol rifles at the time for nice. the fishing game. They've since changed to POF 308s, 14 and a half really? inch POFs. Those are pretty cool little guns. And a 308 or a yeah. 300 blackout? No, 308s because they uh, they often have to dispatch animals and stuff. Oh, and so they, they wanted, you know, that for bears. And a um, big part of what Fishing Game does is the marijuana eradication, right? Okay. So they wanted a heavier projectile, a little bit more, you know, mass last behind it. it. Yeah. The last behind it for the, you know, the timber kind of stuff if they had to shoot through brush and whatnot at, at guys because they oh got it are okay. you much of a reader uh, not really i used to be yeah. but so there's a couple good books um one of our instructors in the academy was john norris and lieutenant norris and he ran all the marijuana eradication teams they call them met teams okay and so that's pretty much he was a game warden but he was almost full-time doing that yeah so they have it they have a met team that they go out and they do all the marijuana eradications and those are cartel run dudes with guns and you know no booby traps and yeah there ain't no fucks given in there and so man they got into a lot of shootings and he's got a book the first book was uh it's called war in the woods okay and i've read that while i was going through the academy which is cool he doesn't use uh people's actual names he uses code names but then through the academy i got to know who those dudes were you know and you know hearing some of the stories and reading some of the stories about the shootings and stuff that they get into and those marijuana grows it's uh it's pretty intense but so they went to the 308 pofs for a lot of that kind of stuff just you know when you're you got factor, a, yeah yeah when you got a 20 inch you know m1a1 hard to kind of maneuver through and it's a heavy gun so it's hard to maneuver through you know because they're, they're you know we were just talking about hunting and rucking and and everything you know they're in full kit you know, having to hike in three, four, five, six miles into some of these grows and do it quietly. Yeah. And, you know, sneaking up and doing that whole thing. And then after that, they have to cut down all the marijuana <laughs> and either burn it on site or haul it away in a in a helicopter. Fuck. So there's a lot of work to that, but you know, that that was a that was kind of one of those gigs that I wanted to do if yeah. I got on a fishing game. 
long story short, I ended up failing the psych on that one. <laughs> you know, that, that, uh, more poor judge, man. So, <laughs> it was along the same lines right yeah. so they said uh it, this one said uh a pattern of unlawful behavior okay and i was like dude i passed the psychic or the background again what are you talking about yeah. and the one of the assistant chiefs at the time we ended up being the chief shortly after that um he was pissed and and there really wasn't much they can do because they were a state-run agency yeah and they had to go through the state personnel board i appealed that one um Went to a psych in, in Sacramento for an appeal, um, kind of got a second opinion kind of a deal. And he was reading the first lady's opinion. And I'll probably get him in trouble for this, but he told me he wasn't supposed to do it, but he let me read her oh, reasoning. Yeah. And everything she pointed to was background-related stuff, you know. And it goes back to growing up on a cattle ranch, right? We had oh. guns, and we shot anything yeah anything to move you know parents didn't say it was wrong you didn't know any better you know internet wasn't there yeah if you didn't have a regulation book but you know you just went (laughs) off of what dad said yeah you know not making excuses but it was you know you just didn't know any better yeah but i mean that's how kids grow up right so dude my grandpa used to pay us a nickel for every bird that we shot oh yeah i got paid a dollar for gopher tails yeah yep and so you know it's just what you did and you didn't know there was season shit. I didn't know there was season on a lot of shit until I went through the actual academy and I was like sitting in the back like, oh, shit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, shit. So I'm telling the psych all this. And I was probably, and some of the guys told me I was too honest. I sure. was like, well, ain't that the point? You're mm-hmm. supposed to be honest, right? But, you know, they she asked, well, and I probably would have answered it differently if I hadn't have just gone through the academy. You know, I asked uh, how many... How many crimes have you committed that you weren't caught for? And my mind automatically goes to shit anytime you're driving and you go over the double yellow line, anytime you speed, anytime you get on your phone, anytime you, you know, all these little petty things that I wouldn't have thought about before the academy. Yeah. And now you're thinking about all that, right? And I'm shitting like, oh, fuck. And I was like, well, miss, I can't, I can't give you a number. Right. Right. Like, cause I can't quantify it. Cause if I give you a number, it would probably be a lie. Yeah. And she took that as your horrible she, person, bro. She put in her report was like, has committed too many crimes to count. And I was like, <laughs> that ain't what I said. Yeah. You know, you just took that and twisted it. And that pissed me off. And the psych guy was like, this is stupid. This is everything that she has is bullshit, listed on here. It's a background issue. You've already passed the background. The department knows about all this stuff. And they said it was fine. This is not a psychological issue. This is a background issue. Because mm-hmm. shit that I was doing, you know, that was at the time five, six years prior. You yeah. Know? So it wasn't like I was still doing it. Yeah, it's it. not like yesterday. Right. And so he was like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to pass you. I'm going to approve it. It goes to the state personnel board still, and they get to decide which one they're going <laughs> to uphold gonna and believe. go with. And I would imagine that the prior CHP... Um, disqualification through the state personnel board probably had a lot to do with the, the second one too. Yeah. Um, so I was pissed again, right? Just like, man, I'm just getting fucked here and, and can't get on with a law enforcement agency. Yeah. And then I've got two psych failures now and I'm like, how many people, I just spent all this money in the Academy, right? Yeah. How many agencies are going to take a chance on a dude that's failed two psychs already? Yeah. Did you, were you, I, any point where you like, or I guess at this point where you're like, do I even try again? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was seriously doubting it. I was like, dude, like, cause I, the department that I was the Explorer scout, the guy that got me into law enforcement, 
he was at the time, I think, a captain. So pretty high up in the yeah. sheriff's department because I think they had a sheriff, under sheriff, and then like four captains. So he's pretty high up there, right? I right. figured, you know, he'll give me a chance. He knows me. He's known me all my life. He, you know, got me in law enforcement. And they were like, ah, oh, you know what? Let's put some time between the last, you know, failure of the psych and when you apply again. So they weren't even giving me a chance. Yeah. And the Reading Police Department, I had four cousins or three cousins that worked there. One was a captain, so really second or third in command there, a lieutenant, and then the canine officer. And they still were same thing, like, ah, eh, you know. Give it, give us some yeah, time. I'm like, Fuck, dude, you guys are family, you know. <laughs> and still, but you know, that's that's what it looks like when you fail two psychs, right? right. So you're seriously doubting everything. Um, but I just threw, <laughs> fucking threw, <laughs> threw my app on the wall and see if it stuck, you know, kind of thing. Is I just sent out applications to anybody that was hiring. Yeah. And uh, Stockton Police Department hired me, you know. But <laughs> they're they, like, we will take yeah, anybody. Yeah, they're like, oh, you're still breathing? Okay, <laughs> you're hired, you know. they, Yeah, they, they hire a lot of people. That's That department's big on, well, not their own choice, but they hire a lot of people, and then they leave after a few years and go somewhere else because it's, uh, it's kind of one of known as one of those training grounds, but yeah. not a whole lot of people stick around there. Yeah, because there's a lot that goes on down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's... Uh, I've heard some store. Well, I've, I've heard maybe a couple stories that you've got a lot of experience down there. Yeah, that was uh, definitely a trial by fire type of a department. There was no easing you into anything. I mean, right off the gate, you're getting into pursuits. You're going to homicides. You're taking, you know, you're doing stuff probably in the six months. It was a six-month FTO process. I know here, up here, it was four months. Mm -hmm. Well, three months and two weeks, right? Down there, it was a full six months. Yeah. Which, I don't know how people up here, like, think they got it. Because even after six months of all of that experience and everything, still when I got on my own, I was like, oh, my God, how do I do this again? You know, it's like, it's just, you know, it's a lot. And, but, yeah, you get a ton of, a ton of experience really quickly. And that's, uh, that's why it's really attractive for other departments to hire people that come from something like that. Because, yeah. you know, I've... I've probably been to 150 homicide scenes at least, you know, up here, people, Not the department, the city hasn't had that many homicides since 1900, you know, totaled right. up, you know, kind of a thing, you know, so it's, it's one of those things that, yeah, you get a lot of experience in that, but that's a lot of shit to see, you know, got to see and do a lot of shit, but. Yeah. Um, was, so, uh, trial by fire, you talked about mm -hmm. kind of developing the warrior mindset and you know feeling the need to protect was mm -hmm. that kind of what kept you going in stockton yeah so i read a book there's i don't read a whole lot of books yeah so when i listen I to books that's that's my jam so they didn't have that when i was you know you had to buy the cassettes or something oh, yeah. or cd but i didn't <clears throat> the eight track know, yeah yeah i'm not that old <laughs> fuck oh shit but no they uh so i read two books and my English <laughs> teachers two. and my fucking <laughs> professors are going to be pissed at that. I didn't read books in, in high school and college. Like, I just couldn't get into them. I, yeah. had, I don't know if... I can't sit still. I can't. Yeah, I cannot sit there. And I have a hard time, I guess, comprehending. Not I comprehend what I read, but shit, I'll get sometimes to the bottom of a page and, like, and go... like, what did I read? What the fuck did I just read? Yeah, I, I got to read it that. again. Yep. My wife can read 10 pages in Dude, two minutes Erica and retain all that. that. And yeah. I'm like, how in the fuck? You know, I'm trying to read books to my new baby as she's breastfeeding <laughs> at the end of the night. And I, dude, I'm fumbling over my words from these children's books. So, 
That's not my strong suit. So I've read two books. One of them is The War on the Woods <laughs> by John Norris, and he's got another book that just came out. Um, I'd, I'd give those, if you if you fancy some good stories, man. That okay, dude, War on the Woods. Yeah, he's a pipe hitter, that dude. He just retired not too long ago, moved okay. to Montana, but he's a good dude. Um, Where was I going? The second book. Oh, the second book, On Combat Okay. by retired Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. Big on the mindset, the warrior mindset, and um, on combat. So he has a couple, well, a lot more than a couple, but the two books that are really similar is On Killing, which is kind of more towards military, and On Combat is more towards kind of law enforcement and the lethal force encounters and the physiology, the psychology, you know, just everything that goes into these lethal force encounters and how you can survive it, not just physically survive it, but mentally, emotionally. Sure and everything and spiritually really you know because i grew up catholic and you know thou shalt not kill and so you know he talks about in that book how people that are religious have to get over that thou shalt not kill you know mm -hmm. the little little literal translation of it is thou shalt not murder well when law enforcement uses lethal force it's not unlawful killing it's still killing if they end up dying but it's you know so he, he goes into that how you know you got to make it right right now with your brain because if you stall if you pause in that situation you know you can end up not coming over somebody else couldn't either so um that was a huge huge help for me as far as just mentally and, and everything um because I was in three of them, three shootings while I was down there. Yeah. So when you sat down, I guess when you, I guess, started to mull over that, you know, kind of making that differentiation between thou shalt not kill and, you know, shooting somebody or whatever the case may be, did, how did you how did you come to terms with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh, that book really helped with that. But it was more the thought of, you know, this guy – for lack of a better word, I guess, earned this. Yeah. You know, he's doing something that is causing me to do this to him, you know, whether it's protecting me or protecting somebody else, you know, that's, they made that decision. Now I have to react to that decision. And, you know, There's at the end of the day, yeah, consequence for their action. And it just happens to be coming from me at that point, you know. Um, so the, mental justification for it on situations like that and i think having a good grasp of case law and policies and and everything around you know the use of deadly force because i've used deadly force too with uh ramming my patrol car into somebody else's you know vehicle sure. which is also considered a deadly force thing but it's uh being right with that so you don't have to pause you don't have to think about it shoot am i justified it i can't i can't you know you already have that in your head and i think a lot of that visualization comes from playing college baseball you know the okay the uh, uh more so the sacramento city college uh, baseball team they had a coach this guy bomberry we called him bomber he was a pitching coach but they did a lot of visualization as a team we would sit down after we stretched or before we stretched and sit there for five ten minutes nobody said a damn word and you visualized you visualized you know if you were a pitcher you know coming in in the eighth inning you know one one guy on you know one out you know whatever it was you visualized all that stuff and um playing infield through through uh high school and stuff it was 
big on that too, just because it's like, oh, situational. Everything's happened so rapidly in baseball. Well, so people think baseball is slow. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of different situations that can happen depending on, you know, okay, there's a runner on first. You know, I played third base and shortstop a lot. So there's a runner on first, one out. Okay, if the ball's hit to my left, what am I going to do with it? If it's hit to my right, what am I gonna, if it's dribbled in front of me, what am I going to, you know, and so you have to think about all these things in between pitches because it could change. Oh, shit, he just stole second. Okay, now it's on second, one out. Oh, shit, okay. And you're always thinking about all these different scenarios. So you're visualizing them before it happens. And so when it does happen, you just react. And it's uh, so I think that in the law enforcement side of things, I've done a lot of visualization on stuff like that. I know it sounds it sounds weird. Oh, you you think about shooting people all yeah. the time? Like no, you but you you're constantly going through these scenarios when you're on scene on something like you know a domestic or whatever it is. You know, you go into somebody's house, you don't know where all the guns are, you don't know where all the weapons are. You know, so you're sitting there going, okay, kitchen. And there's probably knives in the kitchen. Okay, whatever you know and okay, if he walks into there and grabs a knife and comes, like, what am I, where can I go to put a barrier between me and him? And, you know, where can I, you know, you're always thinking about these things. So when it happens, you just react. Yeah. And it's it's not a, uh, oh, shit, no, what do I do now? And, you know, it doesn't catch you off, off guard. Sure. Which is, um, I think that's big. Visualization is huge yeah. for me. Have you had a hard time kind of separating yourself from thinking like that all the time, or, or I guess does your wife get on? Get, do you get on your on your wife's nerves because yeah. you're like, Where, no, I gotta sit over here and I gotta think. Yeah, this way. you know, you're always the the sit, you know, in the corner with your back. Yeah, to we the wall do that. And, yeah, and we also like to like people watch, so we yeah. kind of make it a game. Yeah, yeah, and it's tough for my wife because she she does too like to sit, but she knows that I'm carrying. I always carry when I go out, so it's you know, I gotta be there, but. She always hates it because she's trying to talk to me across the table, and I'm always, you know, kind of looking around. <laughs> Look and, at me. Yeah, right. And so, and that does suck because I have quite a bit of hearing loss from the shootings, and they, uh, I'm supposed to wear hearing aids all the time, and I don't because I don't like wearing them. <laughs> but they, she's, I have a hard time unless I'm like looking at somebody. Which this whole mask thing, yeah, it's just killed me because I can't, you can't. like I read lips mm-hmm. along with like listening to people, and so. When I can't see their mouth movement, like I'm, who the fuck's talking to me? You know, yeah, I, I don't know. And so, it's 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 been a pain in my ass. But yeah, so she does get a little upset sometimes because I'm, are you paying attention? You listening to me? Yeah, I'm listening. I'm just looking around as I'm listening. You know, but yeah. So, and you know, you, there are some good trainings that you get in law enforcement. And a lot of it's like the emotional survival stuff because mm-hmm. nobody teaches you that in the academy. They don't tell you how you're going to react to some of these things. If I hadn't have read those books. Or that book, the on combat book, you know, I wouldn't realize that some of this stuff was out there. And then there's some emotional survival books about, you know, your trauma trash can overflowing and, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. It might not be a super traumatic incident, but it's just a cumulative stress over time. If you don't empty your trash can, so to speak, it just overflows. Yeah. And so just that kind of a thing I know now that, Hey, I got to go out. I got to go shoot. I got to go hunting. I got to get out and kind of unload. And my wife knows that. So it's, it's nice to, yeah, that's a good point. Um, when Erica was, I think it was the last week of the Academy. Uh, and I can't remember if it was for the current department or previous, but, uh, they had the emotional survival class that it was like, Hey, bring your significant other too. And I remember sitting through that with her and it's like, Oh man, I'm really glad. Like, now I know that when she comes yeah. home, she's like fucking wound up like a knot, you know, that I need to leave because I know that she needs like, I'm a chatterbox 
So if I leave and let her kind of decompress and come back, then I know that that's like how yeah. she handles it. But, uh, but that's cool. So before I get into like your hunting and stuff, uh, what advice do you have or, or things that you are super stoked about law enforcement that you would like maybe somebody that's interested in law enforcement to know or get excited about or advice on how not to, to fail their, their psyche valves. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I've failed two, but I've passed three. So that's well, fair. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, um, at least in the, what is it? The black or red, black, black, I guess. Yeah. On the positive side. Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. That's kind of one of those ones you can't really study for. Um, I would say a big, anybody getting in that are interested read that book on combat um, there's there's a bunch of those type of books uh, i think there's another one by lauren christensen on uh, the warrior mindset and, and things like that I've, i have been seeing i guess everybody probably has kind of a trend with this generation of people kind of going towards the participation trophy you know everybody nobody wins everybody is good kind of getting away from that warrior mindset and the the winning spirit kind of thing that's tough because you see a lot of people that get in law enforcement that don't have that that struggle um, I was a field training officer for a couple of years in Stockton and I saw people struggle in the field training program um, that they didn't have that warrior mindset because it is you know you're gonna get punched in the face one of these days and how you react to that you know could mean if you go home or not yeah and you know, I think just too with the lack of anybody ever being in a fight, you know, I mean, working at the bar was really good. I got in fights all the time. So, you know, the first time I got punched in the face wasn't out on the street where somebody wanted to yeah. really hurt they me. They didn't you know? like absolutely hate you. Yeah. So it's, you know, get out and do get, get life experience. You know, sometimes people just get hired in law enforcement because they can't be disqualified because they don't have any background. They don't have any yeah. job experience, you know, whatever. There's, there was a couple guys that were like that, that, you know, coming straight out of college, didn't work through college didn't have any life experience. Well, if you don't have those life experiences, you can't talk to anybody. Yeah. Right. Big part of the job in law enforcement, is just being able to bullshit with somebody that you don't even know. Right. And especially when, you know, we're all referenced Stockton again. You you got a lot of gangsters in Stockton. You got a lot of hard dudes, and but everybody loves sports. You know, <laughs> I knew enough about sports, man. You saw somebody had a a Raiders jersey on, you know, hey man, the Raiders gonna be good this year or what? And you start just bullshitting yeah. with somebody about something that is mutual interesting, you know, or tattoos or whatever it is. You find something that somebody is interested in, you could just bullshit with them, and so but people nowadays. They communicate on text messages or Facebook or Instagram or whatever. They don't have conversations with people. And so people would get so knotted up about having a conversation with somebody that they didn't know <laughs> that I'm like, dude, go into the grocery store. My wife hates this because I'll just have a conversation with some random oh, person in the grocery too. store. dude. My <laughs> wife hates it. You know, <laughs> dude will be looking at <laughs> I remember this one time I went to go get she sent me to go get uh well, fuck it. What do you call it? The coffee creamer. Yeah. And there just was some dude over there looking at the coffee creamer. And we just bullshitted for five <laughs> minutes about coffee creamer or whatever. And my wife comes out, you know, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, uh, hey, buddy, I got to go, you know, whatever, and get the coffee creamer. She's like, you know that guy? I was like, no, nah, I just met the dude. And you know, she's like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, but just being able to have that conversation, it probably helped a lot too working in retail. 
Oh, you yeah. Know, you were always at Bass Pro Shops and stuff. You know, I worked at Sportsman's, too, later on before law enforcement. But you're always talking to random people, but it's generally about something that you have mutual interest in. So, you know, building that rapport with somebody. I was a negotiator, too, in Stockton, and building rapport with somebody is huge. Finding something. Usually somebody has some article of clothing that represents something they like, right? Yep. Fieldcraft Survival, Eastman's Tag Hub, you know? So if I saw you on the street... You, like, oh, you'd dude, yak me up forever. Yeah, and Fieldcraft Survival, man. Is that is that, that deal where they go show it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you just bullshit about, you know, whatever it is. Easy to do, but it's a skill that's got to be learned. And and if somebody was trying to get into law enforcement really wanted to kind of hone that, I'd just go into some of these retail stores and just bump elbows with people and just bullshit with random people all day. Yeah. And it's, you know, you might get looked at weird by some of the associates. It's like, this dude's been here for four hours. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's just, it's a skill that it's that gift of gab yeah is a thing. Dude, it's funny you say that because it's a, it's an easy thing to do because I do the same thing, yeah. right? Like Erica gets mad at me because she'll be like, are you taking him to dinner? Like, what the <laughs> yeah. fuck are you doing? You know? And, uh, like that happened. It totally, this, we were at like yeah. some comic or it's a comic store in, in Boise and I was talking to like the co-owner and like, I literally said like one word and next thing you know, it's like 10 minutes later and she's like, can we fucking leave? Yeah. But it's funny because like I've learned, cause for a while I was not a talkative person. I was, I was very introverted for a while, but over time I've learned that all you've got to do is just ask like one or two questions about them. And like literally people talk about themselves. Yeah. Like you don't have to do much. That's a great active listening skill. You know, that's, and you couldn't do this. You couldn't do this no, podcast I couldn't thing without without having that gift of gab because it's really easy to just sit there and go, oh, shit, what are we talking yeah, about next? Yeah. 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 It's a nice, nice shirt. It's got a paw and you know, it's <laughs> yeah. the tattered flag. And yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, man, so you will, will kind of change subjects yeah. because I know that this is a big, a big part of your life too. And I don't want to just talk law enforcement because I, I feel like I have, I need to shadow you a shit ton in this arena because you're big time hunter. Big time rifle and archery, dude. Yeah. Did you you grew up hunting, breaking all the laws, <laughs> as you talked yeah. about? What's a what, what's a? And I don't want to steal your whole your whole evening going into this because I know that this yeah. is a rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite hunt thing to go hunt? So, California was kind of a shit state for, I guess, multiple species type of hunting because elk was a once in a lifetime tag. And really? Elk was a once in a so they're i didn't know that yeah so i where i grew up is like the most sought after area in california to hunt elk and we saw them all the time yeah but you couldn't hunt them the you know numbers were low but they only gave out 10 12 tags a year and so many people put in for it sure you get preference points unlike up here in idaho it's just a straight lottery all the time right but you get point creep and tag hub Mm -hmm. i'm sure that i know their eastman's is big on the the point creep and all the different some states have point systems and everything some don't Arizona. Um, yeah, Wyoming's got points too, but you know, so every year you get a point, then they take max point guys get so many, well, if you got 10 tags, but because there's been so many people put in for for so many years that now you have 100 people with max points, like max points one year is 15, next year it's 17 or 16 right. and so it keeps going up and you, i'm just never going to draw it i think i left there with 15 points <laughs> and it's like you know i'm just never going to draw yeah same with antelope you know grew up in an area where we saw them all the time and just could never hunt them 
Um, there's pigs. We hunted quite a bit of pigs in, in yeah. California, but it was really deer, and it was archery deer for me mm-hmm. um, growing up doing that. Rifle hunting my first two years, you can get a tag at 12. Shot a buck at 12, shot a buck at 13, and I was like, this <laughs> shit's easy. And then my dad surprised me, and I don't even think I – I don't even think I expressed interest in it, but he bought a bow for me um, from Predator Archery. It's down in kind of the San Jose area. He was working down there at the time. He's a pipe fitter, welder. And at the age of 13, he buys me this bow, but he won't let me hunt with it until I can hit a, <laughs> it's a what was it, a paper plate at 40 you okay. know, and everything. So I had to do a lot. And I shot a lot. This bow, you know, so he buys the bow, gives it to me. It comes with a rest, and at the time, it was just an old, you know, just a prong, just a prong rest, yeah, and it was uh, old aluminum arrows, you know, and it was no sight on it, no release, nothing, and I didn't want to wait because he he (laughs) bought it from the shop, and so I had to go down there to get it set up, get the draw link set up, get everything, sights put on everything, put on it, and but I wanted to shoot it, so I started shooting fingers, no sights. And I was shooting anything I could. Quail, out of season, <laughs> apparently, you know, illegally. Quail, shooting squirrels and stuff with this. and Ended up blowing through all my arrows because aluminum. For you, even if you hit something, they freaking bend, and then they're flying funny. So I did a lot of that. And then we finally got down and, and got it all set up, and I got to shooting it. And so my, I guess when I was 14, that was my first year archery hunting. And... uh Opening morning, you know, went out by myself. My dad did an archery <laughs> hunt, so I went out by myself, dude. Arrowed a buck within the first hour. Did you really, bro? That's awesome. I was like, this shit is easy, <laughs> man. Like, you know, fucking, and just double lunged it, died inside. I was like, man, this is easy. Went back, got my dad. He, he's bullshit, you know. He's like, I don't believe you. I'm like, no, I'm like, you like, see the know? blood on my hands? Yeah, right. Here's the arrow. So, exactly. It, 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 but, dude, I didn't get one for years after that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this ain't as easy as I thought, He, he right? taught, spoke too soon. Yeah. But, you know, it was tough hunting up there. We hunted in August and I guess into the first week of September, and it's hot, hot and dry in that kind of a high desert environment, rolling sagebrush and juniper and lava rocks and everything. So it was, we ended up sitting on a lot of water holes and ground blinds or tree stands yeah. and, you know, slow, slow walking some timber patches or lava beds that those deer love to to sit in those lava beds but you had to slow creep these lava beds but they uh i grew up doing that and then did a little pig hunting afterwards and i wasn't big into the the archery i guess marksmanship the archery tuning none of that stuff i just and i and i know for a fact i've missed a lot of deer because you know shit the packet of broadhead says field point accurate Mm-hmm. I didn't know you had to tune that shit. Nobody <laughs> told you that, right? And yeah. So I figured I'd just screw up my field point, screw these on, shoot them. Yeah. No, no, that's not how it goes. And so I know I missed a bunch of deer that way. And then uh, played college ball and was kind of doing another couple buddies that I met, you know, bow hunted and got into that. But it wasn't until I moved to SoCal for my uh, bachelor's degree that I worked at Bass Pro and, and met a guy named Garrett Trafus and, a um, bunch of guys in the archery department down there, Jim DeLeon, and they uh, they were big. That was kind of my first time doing the archery tuning stuff and the tech stuff. And, man, they taught me a lot about that. And my, I guess, archery ability and my marksmanship just really flourished and tuning bows and stuff that I started doing 
uh, 3D archery competitions and won a few of them down there. And, nice. And that was, and then ended up doing some pro staff stuff. You know, at the time it, there was no Instagram or none of that <laughs> stuff. But so that was pretty cool. And then uh, when I went away from there, tried to get in. Well, after the academy, there was a delay between getting into Stockton, and so I worked at uh, Sportsman's Warehouse, and again did archery department stuff and sold guns and uh, kind of just kept up with the archery tuning side of things and over the years built my own kind of archery shop just buying different tools that you'll need presses and arrow saws and draw boards and everything else and kind of got into that but for years I all I did was archery hunt I didn't rifle hunt much um, even to the point where I'd I bought a 22250 Mm -hmm. and just for shooting coyotes and stuff. That was a lot of fun. I love shooting coyotes. But so a buddy of mine was like, Hey, let's go pig hunting. It was during the fish and game Academy. And this is a funny story. Cause we were trying to do everything by the book. He was a self-sponsored <laughs> Academy guy too. And he's a game warden now, a good dude, Zach Gibson. And he, uh, takes me out he's got this property that he can hunt in outside of red bluff, bunch of pigs out there in Northern California. And I, He's like, you got a rifle? I'm like, yeah, I got this 22 250. I was like, how big are these pigs? We're talking about, ah, you know, they ain't big pigs or whatever. <laughs> it's like, ah, it'll be all right, right? 50 grain, soft point. It's huge. Yeah, not, not working. Not the right choice for a pig. <laughs> and so we're driving out to the spot. Before we even get out to where we're going to hunt, like legally on this guy's property, we can hunt though, is we look over and it's not even light yet. And there's this pig, just big old black pig, you know, rooting around underneath an acorn tree. And before, I probably would have just shot the damn thing. We could see it, right? It was light enough where we could see yeah. it, but we were both in the academy, so we knew, like, before we went out there to the minute yeah. what time shooting You're time was. They're like, okay, synchronized watches. Bro, dude, we're sitting there both with this fucking pig <laughs> in the optic, like, for five minutes waiting for the timer to go off really? on our watch. You know, just, and he's just rooting around, just not even giving a shit that we're standing there. My twenty two two fifty, you know, watches go beep 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 for fucking shoot time. Pow! Start shooting <laughs> this pig, and I double along it, and it just takes off running towards this kind of a creek cliff, and I start just racking the bolt and just throwing lead at this thing, and I'm hitting. And you can see dust flying off, and he's got his AR, and he's just pop 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 pop. pop. This pig is just, and finally I spine this pig. Yeah. And he goes down, and we're like, what the fuck? You know, go over there. This is a pig. This is a big just pig. Just riddled. Just a big pig, you know, but he's still alive. I'm like, fuck. So I go over, and I was going to cut his throat, but this little son bitch just takes my foot. I go to step on his face so I could cut his throat. Yeah. And he hooks my foot with his tusks and throws my foot. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, dude. I had a, I had a XD. 40 cal and i just started pumping this thing with a 40 cal dude, you're got, like never again dude, i'm mortified three quarters of an inch of penetration with that 40 cal it? at like yeah, holy shit at bad breath distance and i was like well all right they were hollow points and so that pig, oh, yeah. that pig's hide so thick it just mushroomed and just stopped but yeah that was oh like wow that was a little bit less gun but same thing dude a couple years later another buddy was like hey let's go pig on yeah. It's like all I got is this twenty two two fifty. It's like oh, they're small pigs, you know. And this like, was on a fucking liar. Yeah, <laughs> same thing, dude. He's like oh, this this farmer that he knows has got depredation permits because these pigs are just going in and mowing yeah. down his corn. So take the twenty two two fifty out. 
shoot this big pig again with double. match grade bullets Dude, though yeah shit, fucking hollow point just you know, 40 grain hollow points probably it's just squirrel loads right <laughs> just and i hit this pig double lung and he's a good shot and he runs off into the corn and that's sketchy, like, because you could hear him running around in the corn, yeah. but you can't see him from me to you, dude. I mean, and you got your handgun out, and you're like, hopefully this stops something, you know, <laughs> trying to track Standing out there with, like, there. a machete and a bowie knife. Dude, like, fucking and we're trying not to, like, mow down this dude's corn. Sure. Like, we're out there to try to save the corn. Yeah, so ended up not finding that pig after a couple <laughs> hours of tracking it and go back out. And then, you know, right before dark, this other pig steps out in these water checks. So the water checks are about... And I'm probably six foot wide and they go all the way down the corn and we were chucking dirt clods into the corn and kind of chasing the pigs out into the water checks and shooting them as they went through the water checks, which yeah. was kind of sporty. And this pig steps out and I could see his neck and I, I was like, fucking, I ain't double lung in this thing. I'm just going to neck shoot this thing. And I neck shot it and it anchored it, just nice. dropped it right and there like, and started now I know what around. to do. I was like, yes. yeah, man, high five and everything. And these, you know, pigs are scattering. And so everybody else kind of disappears into the corn and i walk up to get this pig and i get about 50 yards away and the pig kind of starts twitching again i was like what the fuck's going on here stands up and takes off running what? back into the corner i was like what the dude <laughs> i was like you kidding me so i shot two Zombie pigs pig, that day yeah. yeah i shot two pigs that day and didn't recover one so i was like fuck this we went out two weeks later and i brought a 308 next time borrowed my dad's yeah that pig the big one that i shot two weeks prior shot double vengeance yeah was still alive two weeks later was he really I ended up finding him again in a water check and shooting with that 308 with some 165 acubons. Yeah, and you're like, and go to hell, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I put a couple into him just to make sure he didn't get up like the other one did and take off running. But yeah, that had a full pass through with that 22-250, and it broke his offside shoulder, and he was still alive two weeks later. Really? Yeah, those things are tough. So that was about my extent of rifle hunting until I moved up to Idaho. Yeah. Because I was just an archery dude in California. That was kind of our thing, and, and then moved up here and... Um, I had done some rifle shooting and, and stuff down there in the Stockton area, but never was really big into the rifle hunting until I moved up here. Yeah. But bears, spring bears up here. That's your jam? I, that is my jam, dude. I My first year up here as a resident came first year spring bear, shot a beautiful big old cinnamon bear my first day. Nice. And I'm like, that shit's easy. <laughs> yeah. Again, you know? <laughs> oh man. And then uh the next year we had some opportunities but didn't didn't shoot one and this year shot another nice nice cinnamon bear. But yeah, it's uh that's a lot of fun, you know. There's not a whole lot going on in the springtime. You don't have to compete with elk or deer or anything. Yeah. Everything's blooming, snow's melting, you know. Does are dropping fawns, cows are dropping calves and, and you're in some pretty country that's just blooming and turning green. And, yeah. you know, what else are you going to do in the spring? Hunt turkeys? Grew up hunting turkeys. No, yeah, it ain't that turkey. fun. I mean, some people are like, oh, they're like elk on, you know, elk. The, yeah, on cocaine. The bird of elk, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, do you uh, and spot and stalk them or do you bait them? The bears I spot and stalk. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. Get as high as you can, you know, glassing, you see them, make a play on them. Um, and so there were, this year it was funny. I, I built that. 300 short mag mm -hmm. specifically for you know bears and deer i guess too but um we're going out and right before we leave the truck the trailhead um chris is with me and and uh this old boy comes down and he's running a bunch of cows by us to free graze on some of this forest service land and he's asking us what we're doing right we're going bear hunting you see anything now nah. he's like, you know he sees our guns leaning up against the truck and he's like you got one of them tomorrow guns, huh? And I was like, 
<laughs> I'd never heard that, in, you know, before. And, and I was like, what? A tomorrow gun? You know, I'm thinking like tomorrow gun, like one of them futuristic guns, you know, yeah. something yeah, like that's that. Totally yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he's like, you know, one of them guns, you could shoot them so far away. You shoot them today, you got to go get them tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's pretty much it, dude. <laughs> so I called it to my tomorrow gun, but that was, I, I'd never heard that before. That's a good one. Boy, yeah, I was like. I was thinking like tomorrow, what is it, the Chris Pratt movie, Tomorrow War? Yeah, the War? Tomorrow War, which yeah. Is, which is a good movie, but their yeah, guns are that. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, dude, I, don't get me started on yeah. that. Yeah, I was watching go it going, that. what the. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's awesome. Spring bear. Gun. Yeah, spring bear. That's a lot of fun. And my Chris, we're going to go elk hunting in about a month. And, and it's coming up yeah. fast. And, well, so same year I got here resident, elk was another thing that was on my list mm-hmm. of things to do because lived amongst them my whole life and never got to hunt them. Finally get to hunt them. You know, let's go. I was doing shit a lot different than I should have, and mm-hmm. we didn't have a successful year. My buddy that I went to high school with came over from Oregon, and he's hunted elk in the Oregon coast, and you know, we cool. just kind of threw a, well, I'll just tell you, we, we went to the McCall call unit because, you know, looked on go hunt and everything, it's and it's like, oh, six-point bulls, they pull all this, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. I wanted to hunt them like mule deer, you know, open country, oh, yeah. so I wanted to spot them and, you know, be able to Stock make a play on them, that kind of thing. And so I was going away from the thick, dark timber, and yeah, trying and to find the open, open. and so I was exactly opposite, you know, and definitely certain units are more suited for that type of open country spot and stock stuff. Brian Barney's big on that, mm-hmm. and, and Lampers and Brian Call, they're all big on the spot and stock. They don't even bring a, a call with them most of the time, you know, but in that unit, that was a terrible plan, and so we, <laughs> we didn't see shit, and we did a lot of walking around and didn't see shit. So next, the next year, so last year, Chris, I meet him over at the sheriff's department here and and uh, befriend him. And he takes me kind of to his honey old spot. He's only been archery hunting for a couple of years, but he's been hunting elk a long time. And he's, you know, his thing was, I'm not going to take my bow off my back until we get you a bull. His thing was, he wanted me to that's get a awesome. bull. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, that's, that's, that's a, a lot of, friend. that's a lot of sacrifice yeah. right there because that's, you know, that's a lot of work. Yeah. And man, I was in there for a few days by myself and, and got into a lot of bulls and, and had some pretty good experiences. But when he came in, we ended up uh, getting a bull after a couple of days and that was a hell of an experience too. But that's, that's my first, that's my only like year of the elk, you know, bugling in your face. And I know you've been blowing a lot of elk calls <laughs> and trying to piss Eric off. <laughs> but, I've been doing, I've been doing work. Dude, and, and I do, I blow mine. I keep my bugle tube right there in the car. Yep. And we blow a lot of calls, but. I rip them driving through traffic. It's yeah, hilarious. Dude, roll down my windows. And uh-huh. So everybody's yep. like, what the hell? They look at her. Oh, where's this coming from? Man? And then every once in a while, you'll get a dude's like, oh, yeah. And he grabs his bugle yeah, tube, right. too. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of those, but. Yeah, so that, that's, you know, people are like, oh, it's not elk. You know, and we get, me and him getting a lot of this argument because I love the bear hunting. And that's, yeah. man, if somebody, you know, held a gun to my head right now and said, you had to pick one, it'd probably be spring bear. Yeah. But, you know, this year's second year of having that experience of the elk. I've had three good spring bear, you know, hunt years. And so even though the second year we didn't get nothing, we had some pretty good encounters in some really nice country. Yeah. But this is the will be the second good, hopefully, elk season. So I don't know. That's 
that might be why I'm drawn more towards the bears, but yeah, the elk hunt is a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah, I want to go. Uh, so last year was the first time I'd ever gone to elk, like with the intent to harvest, right? And uh, it's a lot of fun. I can't believe how much work it is. I can't believe how hardy they are, yeah. how fucking huge they are. Dude, man, my, when I got my bull down, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I got to cut this fucker up <laughs> and carry it they back. Carry it out on my yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. I do want to try spring bear. I think that'd be fun. I haven't I haven't made the leap yet on that, but I've got I know several several people that like that's 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 their yeah. jam, you know. Well, and it's it's easy, you know. You you I think elk they're harder to find. Once you find them and you're in them, you got a good spot, right? But bears, fuck, they're everywhere. You know, the See, which first is funny cuz like I've never seen a bear like out. I don't see them a whole lot in the fall. In the spring, dude, they're everywhere yeah. they just they pop you know against the green hillsides and oh, stuff fair. and so i always tell people you know a lot of guys like oh how do i get in a spring bear i'm like dude go get yeah just go the first year i went out same thing dude i just drove around until i you know you, you hear you know ryan lampers he's big on the chartreuse the color chartreuse so the greenest <laughs> of green find the greenest of green the new the new grass shoots and everything usually 750 feet below the snow level you know in these avalanche shoots and the bears are there, you know, just been a few years of just putting a dot on the map, kind of going through. There's a, uh, there's some really good podcasts about, you know, finding bears by, you know, lampers. And then uh, Mark Livesey for Treeline Academy, he's mm-hmm. kind of does an e-scouting thing big for elk. And he's also a big bear hunter. And a lot of the techniques that he gives in his, um, his courses for, the elk you can use for bears as far as finding the right topography that they're in finding the right areas as far as you know nice thick timber north facing slope with a good south facing slope and some water nearby and like you know all these different topography uh, things you can look for for e-scouting and then get out there and get into them and you know a lot of that kind of country depending on where you're at in the state here in idaho you're going to get into wolves too i know some guys that have killed some wolves on on uh, bear hunts and that was one thing i got two wolf tags in my pocket all the time just in case i see one and yeah i need to go get some because i'm starting to spend some more time out in some yeah. remote areas that i don't want to get shafted yeah because ultimately you're gonna you're gonna take your rifle one of these days and and you're gonna see, see one and i have a tag in your pocket and you're gonna son of a bitch yep yep and, you know, so and they're for residents i think they're 15 bucks like yeah you know that goes towards the the wolf management stuff too, you know, for the state. And there's a there's a um, a nonprofit called uh, the Foundation for Wildlife Management. It's an Idaho thing that uh, I think it's forty bucks a year now. They upped it from thirty or thirty five from a couple of years ago, but forty bucks a year. And if you're a member of that, you get paid. You get paid, bro. Like five hundred bucks, isn't no, it? No, dude, grand. And no, D- it's not. So, d- so seven hundred fifty or a thousand, depending on where you're at in the state, where you kill it. Holy shit! But that's not. Dude, that's for for forty dollar investment, and you're actually gonna kill. You know, I got buddies that have, man got that check written to them. You know, they. Uh, is it like a one and done deal, or is it like a per wolf? Per wolf, bro. Really? Yep. So there's some guys that. that well, make, I got some student loans. Yeah, dude. Don't tell Erica. She yeah. loves wolves. Oh. Shit. <laughs> Don't tell where she at. Man. Yeah. Yeah, they. I. That's another bucket list thing is a wolf. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I'm big on the predators. I think that's probably why the the bears over elk for me right now. If somebody asked me, is I just yeah, you know, growing up doing a lot of coyotes and you know shooting foxes and bobcats and stuff like that. That was uh, 
I've always kind of been drawn to predators. Yeah. My list keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. You know, like I drew my tag for deer and that starts in first. What'd you draw? Well, we'll, we'll talk. Okay. Cause I don't want you to give out your, no, you're good. If you don't want, but no, you're right. You're fine. But I've got my rifle tag though. Uh, it's any, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll probably do rifle. Um, but it's either sex, um, either sex, deer any weapon i'll probably do rifle because i do not have the skill to stock up on a on on one with my with my bow right now and that and i kind of want to harvest you know like yeah, get that on your belt man. yeah and i talked so that's another thing is you know the the age of instagram and everything everybody wants to to kill the 190 buck you know the big monster so they can get insta famous or whatever yeah and i've seen people pass up opportunities to harvest animals i've heard this yeah that is uh, the coffee pot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they're, you know, you don't want to go eat tag soup for five years holding out for an animal. And then you finally get a nice trophy and then you don't know how to do skin. You it? don't know how to go. You don't know how to do anything. Right. So, you know, I cut my teeth on a lot of fork and horns, three pointers, you know, and, and there ain't no shame in that, especially with a bow, even with a rifle, man, you know, it's. I like filling the freezer and everybody's like, oh, I'm a meat hunter. I'm going to go out and shoot a dink. Well, yeah, if you just wanted meat, there's more meat on a mature animal, you know, than a dink. But you, know, you can't eat the horns, you know, they always say. But come on, man, if you had a, a dink and, a you know, a mature buck sitting next to each other, you're not going to shoot the dink. Well, right. Most people wouldn't, I guess. But but it's it's getting the, the experience, the, you know, the harvest experience, the pack out experience, all that. You know, especially if you're new into the game, the more opportunities you can get like that, man, that's golden. Yeah. You know, even so, we were gonna go to Hawaii this last <laughs> last year, and then COVID hit and kind of ruined all that. But I was gonna go hunting in Hawaii. There's Ooh. a lot of good opportunities to hunt yeah. in Hawaii, and that's a good spot. Or Texas, you know, some of these places you can get multiple tags for different things, and just put stuff on the ground and get good at, you know either doing the gutless method of quartering them out and packing them out or gutting them and doing whatever you're going to do, skinning them out. It's uh, getting that practice is, is pretty invaluable. You can watch all the YouTube videos on the gutless method oh, and all yeah. that stuff, which is valuable because if you just go out there without nobody to show you, at least you got some type of reference. But, man, you nothing beats actually getting your hands dirty and doing it. But yep, yep. Yeah, that's – so what What time of the year is it, your, your tag? Uh, October 1 through 31. Okay, so not just a general season. So you'll Correct. have you'll have a little bit of time. Is it? So you could probably say this: Is it in an area that does not have a general season? It does have a general season. Okay, so you are gonna I, fight well, with some general guys. But. It, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I'm thinking because the area that I want to go to does not. It's a two unit two unit tag. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you later. Okay. I'll tell you where I'm yeah. thinking. You can tell me whether or not it's a poor decision. I'll pull yeah. it up. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. but uh, okay. Uh, we'll close out. Anything else you want to cover, man? Because uh, we yeah, we can so we can too, totally yeah. we can do this again. We didn't get into the gun tuning, no, we bow tuning. We didn't get, we can do a lot we'll, of stuff. We'll on we'll, here, we'll, we'll get down and we'll get down and dirty on another episode. Yeah, man. I just I don't know. It's uh, as big as I am on mindset and and the mental side of things. I think sometimes I I don't practice it as much as I should, you know, don't practice what I preach as much. Sure. And I kind of uh, shot myself in the foot, so to speak. You know, I use the hunting for a release, you know, law enforcement release to reset my batteries and do all this stuff. And 
I've been taking a lot of that stress into the the woods and mm. yeah my hunting partners have suffered Fair. for it right so um being a good hunting partner i have not been um, and i didn't realize that until i was listening to a podcast over the winter time sitting and reloading that's kind of when i do all my podcast listening and they uh they were talking about that and you know basically how not to be a good <laughs> and i was like fuck man that's me i'm the asshole like I'm that guy that nobody, you know, and God bless Chris, man. He is put up with it and he yeah. hasn't hit me in the face yet, but it's, uh, yeah, this year I'm working on that. The big thing is to, to not be so stressed, not be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Even in law enforcement, you know, I get, I catch myself doing it and I've told Erica to tell me when I'm being an asshole, <laughs> you know, cause I could get that way. I could get that, not a short fuse, but it's, you know, I'm not very tactful sometimes when I talk to people especially people that i work with and so i can come off as an asshole and it's one thing unless somebody tells me my wife's really good at telling me yeah. i'm an asshole <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, as you should be yeah yeah i'm like hey, you got to tell me because i need that check i need that oh shit i uh, come back you know and to correct me because i can drift into that and i know that about myself which is you know if people can do a little self-reflection about that kind of thing, especially in, in whatever you do, whether it's hunting or work, law enforcement, whatever it is, have a little self-reflection and look at yourself in the mirror and go, do I like who I see? Yeah. 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 And that's, that's a big, I didn't like it. And it, it happened in Stockton too. I just got overstressed and it was just, you know, burning the candle at both ends, running thin and, and just kind of became that guy I didn't want to be. Yeah. And I didn't realize until I moved up here and I was like, holy <laughs> shit, I was an asshole. And I apologize to a lot of the guys, a lot of the trainees I had when I was a field training officer because I was an asshole. Yeah. And I didn't like that. I didn't like the way I was. And, you know, I guess better late than never. But, you know, realizing that kind of a thing is uh, something I need to do more now is just constantly have that, you know, like you said, look at yourself in the mirror and if you like who you see, you know. Yeah. Or, you know, now that I got a kid, you know, would he – like who he sees yeah. you know would would i want him to act that way you know kind of a thing and it's it's a big like oh shit nope yeah i need to back <laughs> off of this or that change a little bit yeah. yeah yeah but man this has been fun i appreciate it yeah you bet man yeah. well uh we'll sit down we'll chat again we'll yeah. talk guns shoot man <laughs> this could go on for a while i know yeah. all right man thank you yeah dude well, I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Uh, Roger and I will definitely be sitting down again sometime in the future to uh, to likely talk a little bit more about hunting and guns because uh, I have a lot to learn from him, uh, honestly, on both fronts. Uh, but I hope you all had a great uh, a great time listening, and uh, be sure to uh, to check him out, give him a follow, and uh, otherwise, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll chat next time. Y'all have a great day.